edition of the Stack Pack. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. <laughs> well, that was dusty. That was dusty. Yeah. We got there. Very rusty. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is uh, Stack Pack, um, starting off season six. Um, it's uh, David Howell, as always, and I'm joined by Dan Derwin um, out there in uh, Staten Island. Keeping What's it up, real. everybody? Keeping the Upper West Side clean now? Is that your route? Uh, West Village. West Village, okay. Keeping the I West saw, Village clean. I saw Matthew Modine on uh, Seth Meyers the other day, and he said that he was actually neighbors with Seth Meyers. So, um, oh, shit. So keep out. You might be. You could spy on uh, Seth Meyers and look through his trash, maybe. I'll ask Matthew Modine if he uh, likes <laughs> Seth Meyers, and then that will determine how I uh, pick up his uh, garbage. <laughs> How is he? He's a nice guy. <laughs> Very nice guy. It, um, it was crazy. They they showed a picture of him hosting SNL in like 1988. He's aged very well. Yeah, um, he's got some head of hair. Oh yeah. And uh, I don't know how far he got in Stranger Things. We probably don't want to ruin it for anybody. But I just finished it today. But if you don't Ooh. want to ruin it for the people, oh man, all I will say is it was great, but also tremendously heartbreaking. <laughs> it was very well done. Very. Uh, very pumped for season five. Yeah, I can't. I just can't believe how, like, how those guys take like tro- tropes from, like, even eighties horror movies that don't really work too well. They just take that idea and like make it cool, like fit it into their plot somehow and make it better. Like, I, I will say that season three was a better uh, version of Red Dawn than the movie Red Dawn. <laughs> you know, like the Russians attack. <laughs> yeah, they borrowed all like the right elements from those movies, but like they gave yeah. it like that that cute. Stranger Things twists and everything just worked. It, it might have something to do with you just absolutely loving the characters and following the characters. You don't get that time with <laughs> characters like in a 1980s 90-minute horror flick. <laughs> the, the only thing I will say that doesn't spoil, I just don't understand the concept of having a two-hour and 30-minute finale <laughs> when you could just break it off into Split episodes. Like, like, I know like there's a, an argument going on right now about a long movie versus, you know, somebody complaining about a movie that's three hours and two minutes, but meanwhile, they'll watch six or seven hours straight. Yeah, of, binge a TV show. They'll binge a TV show. There's but, a break, you know, so I, like mentally. There's breaks. I, I, it's like, yeah. who, like, would you really love a book that had no chapters? I kind of feel like the chapter, like, oh, I only got three pages left. Let me finish this chapter and then I'll start my, start my errands or I'll. You know, I kind of feel like we, we need those. We need those stop signs sometimes. You, you need a pause. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I guess maybe they just felt that the story was like this is one story. The finale is one story, and also, yeah, I don't know. But it was, uh, it was great. I'm just, you know, I'm just. Yeah, it's a very strange concept to have a second second part of a season that's only two episodes, and yet they're both an hour thirty and two thirty. Just interesting. My, my uh, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, me and I know a couple other people that I know definitely didn't make it through the last hour. <laughs> I had to oh, watch. Past that. I, I just watched the whole. I ended up watching the whole episode again the next day because I just like fell asleep through the past hour, and um, I was like really mad at myself. <laughs> I purposefully I watched the the second to last one last night, and then I purposefully watched the episode today at like noon one o'clock with with lunch. Just so I would That's stay it. up. I was the sun's, <laughs> the, the sun's in the windows. I'm sitting up straight. There's no chance I'm going to fall asleep during it. That's funny. Uh, yeah, it was good stuff. Um, man, it's cool that they're doing the talisman next, which is like this Stephen King novel that Spielberg has owned the rights to since like the eighties. And it's just never got, which is very funny because uh, they, they have the talisman in, Stranger Things. Yeah, that was a definite. That was a total somebody's reading. Nod. We'll just say somebody's reading excerpts from the Talisman. Which is yeah, funny. man. I, there was this local bookstore um, that we actually, my band, we played. We did a little show for this PBS show that's going to be on in the fall, and they so they had like a professional crew come out and they filmed us do a little set in this little bookstore, this local bookstore, and they had that shit there. They had the first edition of the Talisman. For like 30 bucks, and I'm so pissed. I should have fucking gotten it. I bet you it's not there anymore. So I'm sure someone spotted it in Stranger Things. Yeah. And that's the thing oh, with yeah, the Duffer yeah, Brothers. After, after the Stranger Things. Yeah. Maybe yeah. someone's Because I, I, I even knew back then, like a month ago, I was like, oh shit, like this is the next thing the Duffers are going to do after 
Stranger Things. Oh, they're <laughs> doing it. The Duffers yeah. are doing it. Yeah, they're doing it as a series for Netflix, and Spielberg still owns the rights, so it's like it's going to be a, an Amblin Duffer Brothers production, which is wow. like their heroes, kind of. So that's kind of interesting. That's very cool. Um, but yeah, we should talk about Unsolved Mysteries, I guess. Have you been listening to the Unsolved Mysteries podcast? I feel like every time you ask me that question, my oh, answer is always the same. And I, I do I always don't know ask why you that. I don't my listen. Bad. No, it's fine. <laughs> I should maybe just I should try to have a different answer for you next time. I I gotta listen. Uh, today they released a new one, and it was a really creepy uh, story about this family that had a haunted condo, and uh, yeah, it was wild. It was like some poltergeist stuff. Like I wanted it, I wanted to see it in a movie form. <laughs> it was pretty creepy. Uh, but yeah, yeah they're doing good I'll, work I'll start over watching there. them. How um, long are they? Like about each episode? Like 30 to like 45. They're not too long. They okay. they, they usually only Bite focus size. on one case. They actually had their first update, which is pretty mm. cool. Yeah, they, they found a – they were able to identify this missing uh, – this like body. They still don't know who killed her, but at least they identified her. The girl with the S tattoo. Pretty interesting shit. Um, All right, I'll check that one out for sure. But yeah, we're talking about season six, episode one. We kind of have like a little soft reboot. We got a f- some fancier music. We got a new opening. Credits. Yeah, <laughs> fancy. It's, NBC using that open breaking open that fucking bank. Yeah, and it's still Jesus. What year is it? Still ninety three? We're we ever going to get? I think out it's ninety three. I think we're in nineteen ninety three now. September nineteen ninety three. I still love the first five seasons intro and you know artwork and shit. Obviously, that's just. Uh, for nostalgia purposes, the the new one's okay. Uh, not much to say about it. Still Robert Stack, which is important. Yeah, it doesn't have that weird uh, lady yet. <laughs> no, no, not yet. And uh, Robert Stack's voice just doesn't get really high pitched because he's gonna die soon. Oh, just sounds like a whistle, like. <laughs> Poor yeah, guy. it sounds like somebody <laughs> breathing through a straw. Um, oh, but as we as we said, uh. Off air, uh, this episode's a little bit of a dud for a season premiere. Yeah, it kind of is. So we'll try to make it as entertaining I guess, as possible. We'll get into it. Um, the first case is uh, the unexplained, and we're talking about um, this uh, this man, uh, Bruce Kelly, and um, he's uh, he's born in January '52 in California. He's a salesman. Um, he's a he's single got a nice parent. mullet. He got a great mullet. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the unexplained mystery of his missing uh, sideburns is what we're going to be talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about. <today. laughs> yeah, yeah, he does have that like kind of nice, weird. a nice subtle mullet with the with like the round edge for no sideburns. It's classy um, yet peculiar. Yeah, he he's got a daughter. Uh, whatever. Okay, that's cool. He's a parent, um, and he, apparently his whole life he's been scared of water. He doesn't like water. Um, yeah, it doesn't like baths. He said anytime he would be near water, he would uh, not want to be near it. I, I don't know if he said that he doesn't take baths or didn't at the time, but yeah. he did not like it. Well, he's a grown fucking man, so that's weird if he's just. He looks pretty clean on the day. on the interview, so I guess he <laughs> took a scrub before uh, he went on the camera. <laughs> he doesn't take any baths at all, like not just nothing in bodies of Cologne. water, cologne. That's it. Oh man, a, wh- a whore's bath. <laughs> <laughs> a whore's bath. Uh, that's stupid. A sex worker's bath. Sorry, we got to be, we got to be right, got to be correct, politically correct. Correct. <laughs> so after, even when, even when talking about Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, um, he, he, ha- this water, this fear of water is so intense that he needs to like uh, seek out medical help. Apparently, and doctors don't can't do anything to help him with his phobia. And then he meets a hypnotist. He needs a hypnotherapist, yeah. Yes, Mr. Doc Brown, uh, Mr. Dr. Rick Brown. Um, he does have kind of crazy hair. He does look kind of wild, but not quite Christopher Lloyd I didn't Roy write down levels. any note, but from I can't really remember. Did he like have like – he had like something missing. Was he missing like a mustache or just like a part of his, his chin beard? Something was he, missing. He was bald and very furry. Like, yeah, I don't know. I can't really remember either. I, I think he was missing his mustache, but he had a full beard. He, yeah, he stupid. might have had a chin strap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. And apparently he, uh, Doc Brown uses a controversial technique called past life regression. I feel like the whole past life regression thing is just so suggestive. Like, you could be like, oh, who like who were you before? Like, you know, you, you like lead people down alleys, but 
Um, but anyways, I mean, obviously we don't know shit about this, but like, um, what does that have to do with helping him like face his fear of water? Like he's trying to, like you're going back to find if he has something in common with some other soul. Yeah. That's some hardcore last resort. That's some last resort shit. Like, <laughs> I just think it's very funny that like they, he goes in to meet this guy and he like lays on the couch. And the first thing this guy does is send him back in time to drown in a fucking submarine. Oh, you don't like water, eh? How about this? That's exactly what happens. <laughs> um, he has visions of himself in a submarine and drowning as large amounts of water filled the cabin. Um, he claims that his name, he even knows his name in this past life. James Edward Johnson, American Navy submariner. Um, of course, Johnson drowned while on board a, a ship called the USS Shark, which is a great name. Um, great name. This is a ship that went down during World War II. Um, and apparently he has no knowledge of this. We'll later find that this is a real thing, but he has no knowledge of this. Um, he has no knowledge of it. He does look some stuff up, but, um, the one stat that was re- that was said that was intriguing was that in World War II, 21 subs, uh, were lost in battle and 10 were lost by accident. I feel like that ratio is a little bit too close. Like imagine you lost half the amount that you lost in battle just by accident. That's a lot. Yeah, and and doesn't he find out? Um, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but who cares? Um, doesn't he oh, find yeah, out later that that the U.S. Shark, USS Shark, was like the first like ship to go down or go missing or something like that? Nah, I'm not sure about that. I'm um, sure it's. In, I think it's in my notes later, but yeah. But anyway, it's ahead. like it almost seems like uh, <laughs> like you look up sh- navy ships that went down, and that's the first one. <laughs> but yeah. that's just me. Maybe I'm just being a cynic. Um. But yeah, so but he in these visions he also knew for a fact that the, sh- the submarine sunk off uh, of Borneo near an island called Celebus. He even said he knew the name of another person who drowned with him, a guy named Walter Pilgrim. So he was just coming up with all this crazy information. Um, Something's fishy. And, yeah, he he claims no that pun. they both died at exactly eleven thirty four p.m. Like how? Well, well I mean, if the if, submarine if went down, dying. right? If it, if it flooded, you know. I mean, yeah, a lot, I'm sure somebody, a lot of people died at the same time, no? Does somebody get on the PA and be like, all right, it's 1130, your time of death is 1134 p.m. <laughs> the time of or death just, is Godspeed. Was he, just, was he just floating in a cabin, just looking at a Looking at his clock? watch? <laughs> yeah. Did he I have mean, a waterproof yeah, Rolex? Everybody did have watches back then, so I guess that's not too... Pocket watches, probably. Ordinary. That's scary, though. Like, oh, man. Like... If this is true, like knowing the exact time of your death. Oh, I just love, I love the creepiness of just like, as you're like, like you have your face to the ceiling, like trying to get air and you hear like that muffled PA, the time is 1134. Oof. There's a, that's fucking there's like creepy. a little corner. There's a little corner that's not quite flooded and the guys are playing vi- the violins and shit. <laughs> like the Titanic. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> Um, shit, that's also, it's honestly reminding me of, uh, that James Bond movie. Did you see that, uh, oh, fuck, the newest one? I haven't seen a Bond movie in, since, since Pierce Brosnan, unfortunately. Oh, man. I don't know why I haven't, I just have not. Uh, the Craig movies are fucking great, and they're the only ones that you really need to watch in order. But, yeah, man, what a treat. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> you should really, I think there's four, or is there five? Were, were you jealous that I haven't seen them? Yeah, like to, I would like to see all those as just one, like you know, like not oh, one connect. right after the other. Yes, yes. Okay, which I'll is sure rare I, I for James them. Bond movies, but like I feel like that'd be really fun to watch them all. I I know I watched all the Craig ones before I saw the the latest one. Why can't I remember the name of it? Uh, Skyfall. No time to cool. die. No oh, time no time to, to die. die. So fucking cool. I was just naming but there was Bond a scene, movies. The, the, there was a scene where where the submarine sink. Um, and it was reminding me of that. Yeah. Daniel was that 11.34? Yeah, it was exactly 11.34. <laughs> wow. Uh, no. Um, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's get back to Bruce and his visions. Um, yeah. He, these visions are so intense that they feel like they're happening to him. And so now we're talking about him going to the library. And he, he even says in the thing, he was like, he went to the, he kind of just went there for peace of mind to kind of, he wanted to prove himself wrong is what he says, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, he was then, trying uh, to dispel his own notions of, uh, am I really believing this or am I just making it up? 
And, and as you said earlier, 52 submarines lost during the war, 20 disappeared. No, it says, well, I have 21 were lost in battle, 10 by accident, and then 10, I think 11 were just lost, which is still like, you you lost just as many as that you got to use to fight. That's crazy. It's a lot of spillage. Yeah. (laughs) The turnover. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, like we said, the first submarine lost in war was the USS Shark. Um and of course, he also was able to confirm that it disappeared near the island of Celebus. And, um, um, also the name Jed- James Edward Johnson and Walter Pilgrim were on the crew roster. And he was right about the date of February 11th, 1942, which I don't know if we mentioned, but he also, yeah, he knew the date and time, which is, yeah, sus. we didn't say the date, <laughs> uh, we didn't say the date, but yeah, that's very interesting. Um, so he keeps going to Dr. Brown after this, um, revelation and then he Wait, is his name really Dr. Brown? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just calling him Doc Brown because he looked like Because he's a kook? <laughs> yeah. Dr. Rick Brown. Yeah. Swear to G. <laughs> swear to G. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So he keeps going to him every week and he starts to like unravel like the layers of an onion. Um, mm. you know, the life of, uh, this, uh, this Mr. Johnson, um, he says, uh, some of the things is he sees Johnson's mother dying at, um, at her home. Johnson was a teenager standing next to his little child cousin, Elizabeth. He has that memory. Um, he also has the weird odd memory of eating the ends of the loaf of bread. James loves the bread. Loves yeah, the, open loves up the ends of, can the of worms. Cause goddamn. They talk a lot about bread. They even went out of their way to like film a scene of a boy eating <laughs> the end yeah. of the bread. I was like, is this this important to the like I feel like it could have been a sentence and then a move on. <laughs> like they showed him like take the bread out of the bag and then like sit down with it. I mean, <laughs> if I was going to if I was going to take a slice of bread out of like a Wonder Bread bag in the kitchen, like would you sit down with it or would you just fucking eat it at the counter? He sat down, he he had the fork and the knife on one side and he placed yeah. he placed the napkin at the top of candle. his shirt. He lit a candle yeah. for himself. Put yes. on Yes. Put on very a very white record. <laughs> a record. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, fact that he sat down with the bread, but I mean, it's funny. Listen, yeah, <laughs> kids, kids, kids loving like weird, the weird things. Bread, it's not crazy. Yeah, you know. that, that's the most believable part of this stupid. whole. Stupid. <laughs> it's fucking stupid, but yeah. <laughs> but you can um, do it. Yeah. So some more details that he uncovers. Um, he was Johnson born was born in February twenty one, and he grew up during the Great Depression, and he even worked in a government work program. The Civilian Conservation Corps. Um, so he even – I don't know if the I, Civilian Conservation Corps, maybe that was just like a thing that helped people get work during the Depression. But um, I guess, yeah. It sounds something very old-timey. But these are details that are easily look upable, right? Because they're able to confirm a lot of this. Um, but um, anyway, so he mentions a girl that he meets in Cal- – that Johnson met in California named Molly Lassiter. And this was uh, Johnson's first girlfriend. Um, he had this, he, he talks about the vision of them on the bridge where, um, he asks, uh, Molly to run away with him and she doesn't want to, right? She's scared of her father. She's scared what her father might do to, uh. Meanwhile, at the end of that scene, she does a stupid run anyway. Do you see her like twist and like run away from him? She's like, I can't do it. I can't <laughs> run away with you, but, but watch this. She does like the arms flail, <laughs> like this goofy run. My, my, you know, you know, she said something like my daddy. My daddy won't let me run. My daddy won't let me see you. There's, I gotta go. The forces of the world are keeping us apart, James. Running away with full T-Rex arms. I feel like he was a Jimmy. I feel like he was a Jimmy. Um, anyway. Especially not time, yeah. <laughs> and according to Bruce, he says that after that, they never saw each other again. So, Aww. So uh, Dr. Brown actually is the one who goes off and like does a bunch of this research and uh, tries yes. to confirm some of the things that um, Bruce was telling him. Um, some things that he's able to confirm are Bruce's apartment memories were accurate. Um, Johnson had been in the group, the CCC. He was a member of that from 38 to 39. Um, and he was stationed in California. 
1940, he enlisted in the Navy and was stationed aboard the USS Stark. And yes, I realize that I have been saying shark the whole time. God. Is is shark better? Shark's way better. Of course, they're not going to call it USS Shark. It's way cooler. That's way too cool. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, and the Navy records actually do la- list his place of birth as Jacksonville, which is where Bruce said, and his birth month. Alabama. And year. Um, yeah, and his birth month and year being February of 1921. So that's eh, pretty crazy. But also, um, grain of salt, right? Because <laughs> we know that he could have just looked all that up, just like Dr. Brown did. <laughs> I guess, right? I mean, that, that has to be what happened, that he's bullshitting. I mean, even in 1993, you could use library records, governmental records. But why pick this guy? Did he just feel like the more random he makes it, the better? You know, if he's trying to scheme, I don't know. It's, I mean, there's no way that this guy is just pulling these names out of his ass. And, but like, would you actually fly? Well, I mean, he doesn't have, sorry, to jump ahead or Doc Brown goes down there and does all this investigation. Then eventually he goes on another trip and brings Bruce with him. So now Bruce is down there and he's doing like this backyard, like the Unsolved Mysteries cameras are actually there. Yeah. And they're filming him in the yard, like his hands in his pockets with his fucking mullet. And he's like, just looking over a fence. And he's like, yeah, that's where the bathroom used to be. <laughs> and like that part of it, that part of it's got to be all bullshit. Clearly right? looking yeah. into the bathroom. That's where I used to eat my bread. That's where I kissed little, little Mary Sue under the, she gave me a handy under the tree. His brother, Billy. <laughs> that's a callback. <laughs> oh yeah. A little handy under the tree. That's right. Forgot about that. Um, so yeah, so um, Elizabeth, sorry, the cousin Elizabeth is like, kind of like tempts him about the heel bread thing. She's but got a killer red like, sweatsuit on, which is my favorite. Yeah, that one. But it, it also seems kind of like like somebody like whispered that into your ear, like, "Oh, ask him about James's bread habits or something." I don't know. Yeah, and then she tried to be all cute. She was like, "Did you get in trouble?" When you ate both sides, uh, sometimes, like yeah, it just it was just all fucking weird. Like, and he's a little manufactured. <laughs> and that childhood friend of uh, of his uh, of James fucking Boki. Tell me that guy is just like not straight out of like an Alabama playbook. He's got like the the, oh. the, the trucker hat on with like a with a turtleneck under a sweatshirt. I love it. Yeah, can't get enough. The man that was a Boki. I, I did. I liked his character though, because he was like very. Uh, oh, he was upbeat and like, smiley like, and shit. Yeah, like open to the idea, and he was like, he was talking about how you get older and you you look for start to look for answers and. That guy Bruce like wouldn't a bullshit charming, me. Folksy character, right? <laughs> he was very folksy. I agree, folksy. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> but he but that's he had a visual. He should have been on coach with uh, with Dauber and Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> yeah, he would have been like. Um, the old the opposing uh, coach yeah or or the coach before coach like the uh like coach's you know, enemy in season two took over four <laughs> uh forgot about that show i i always remember Good when show. i was a little kid and it, it it blew my mind that the you know the co-star was uh, the voice of patrick from spongebob i used to have a thing when i was younger when i was in like uh like not grammar school but like junior high and I would watch TV late. I'm talking like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And it was always like Seinfeld, Frasier, Cheers. And then I remember like anytime I heard Coach was filmed in front of a live studio audience, I was like, I got to go to bed. Like the TV off. I had school That's in the it. morning. Like anytime I heard that, those words, it was time for bed. Or Yeah, you know. Coach was not the most exciting. It's no Cheers. <laughs> I did like Cheers. It's no Frasier. <laughs> Let's see here. Um Okay, so let's see here. Yeah, so he's able to confirm some things. Another thing is Bruce also thinks that this cousin Elizabeth is the same cousin that um, he would he like sat there and watched his mom die, and they were like standing next to each other, just watching in horror. Yeah, but for some reason um, that that woman Elizabeth remembered that the guy he thinks he is is Edward. She didn't call him he, James. He, she goes, "Oh, I used to call him Edward," but like, does that mean it's a different fucking person? Like, are we? Oh, like, I didn't even pick that up. <laughs> yeah. She goes, oh, who? I think Stack says it, but she called that person Edward. 
So, uh, wasn't that his middle name though? Was that his middle name? I, or am I crazy? don't know. Not sure. Yeah, James James Edward Johnson. Yeah. All right, so it's um, not too far off. Yeah, I mean, I go by my middle name because my first name is Carl. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, Carl David Howell. It's pretty. I've been duped. Pretty heinous. <laughs> Me and my so brother little... have the same middle name. How fucked up is that? What? <laughs> who, who is it? Like, what's the context? Who are you guys I don't know. After someone? I should. Can we do a call-in show where I call my mom and confront her about the middle name controversy? <laughs> I was just thinking when I forgot. I was like, we should do a podcast, and I was like, oh wait, that's Fourth of July, and you're like, I'm going to my mom's for Staten Island for a for a barbecue, and I was like, damn, I want to go to like a Staten Island barbecue for Fourth of July. <laughs> yeah. But- <laughs> We could have grilled my mother on the uh, on the usage of Paul, which is my middle name, and my brother's. Oh, maybe she, yeah, she once knew a Paul, saved yeah, her but, life. Yeah, but, yeah, but like just that. name me fucking Paul. <laughs> Why beat her on the yeah, bush? Yeah, they weren't. They were both. They were unsure of it twice. She, yeah, she had she had the option twice. So I, I could have named either one Paul, but instead I just gave them. I don't fucking know. I'm gonna call it tomorrow. We need answers. <laughs> yeah, I'll have an answer for you guys the next time I'm back on. It's funny that like the Wikipedia says like based on information that he received from the family, he is almost certain that he is the reincarnation, the reincarnated Johnson. Oh, cool. But like, but there's this point in the show where like the cousin's asking him like, "You really think you're the reincarnated version?" And he starts explaining that like it would be like uh, ignorant and wrong to just assume that was like the answer. And he's like, I, you know, he's like, maybe I just have these memories for some other reason. But like, at that point, like, you know, there's a narration talking over him. It's like, oh, like that's the most interesting part. And then, that's what I wanted to like, hear him talk about. I agree. They drown yeah. it out. Yeah, and <laughs> then they drown it out. But the um, one thing that I was curious about, I had my pen to paper waiting for the answer, or lack thereof, that they said that the doctor did cure him of all of his weird fear of water and all that shit. He was cured of that. So, yeah, I think maybe because uh, maybe it's just that he uh, he survived after he learns that he submarine. that he might like after he learns that he might be this reincarnated person and he like has the vision of him dying in it that he's like ah okay I'm cool I mean <laughs> they, they don't I mean, really I, get into it I mean tell me if I'm out of line but I think we can just conclude that Bruce Kelly sucks <laughs> and uh, you know. That's just my opinion. You guys can form your own, but Bruce Willis. Yeah, no, Bruce Willis. I, I mean, Bruce Kelly. <laughs> I've, I've had it with Bruce Kelly. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's just weird Weird how they were so e- so easily able to, like, go to the library and confirm all this stuff, you know? But who knows? Did he, like, open up, um, like, those old newspapers on a, on a stick? Like, to, like, review oh. from, like, the 40s, right? Yeah, that's cool. Or microfiche. I've always wanted to like yes. look at microfiche. Like, yeah. I wanted something that's important like enough a, to go look up for. Yeah, it's such like a 90 like a thing from like 80s and 90s. Actually, movies from just before <laughs> digital. Uh there's some good microfiche action in uh the new season of Stranger Things actually. Yeah. <laughs> um that was cool. Won't but yeah, it. all right, let's move on because what, you know, whatever, I don't know. Um, um, I, he, Bruce always wanted to find the first girlfriend, Molly Lassiter, so he could like confirm some of these other claims, but I guess that never happened. She would have been in her nineties in 1993 or actually, no, she'd now be in her nineties, um, currently. And this, uh, episode aired in September of 93. I wonder what Bruce Kelly's up to today. You should track him on Facebook. Like you did that guy in the first episode. Oh yeah, I bet that, you he like the murdering guy or the guy or who something. hated his wife. Yeah, that guy who dropped his wife off at the bus station. Yeah, and that, and that was it. <laughs> um, and then there's some updates. The most interesting one is about Nelson DeCloud, that like former police officer who had the religious cult and was like raping all these Fucking children, creep, and women. Yeah, hey, and they, he was they, having sex they, with they ten year olds. Him, Terrible. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck that guy. They they gave him way too uh, cool of a reenactment guy. Like, because when he when you see him in real life, he looks like a gross, greasy like car salesman. Oh, he had like a and pink, he looked- pink shirt and like blue, like like light blue pants. But like that, he was doing like a like a weird kneel 
on his elbow. Yeah, and he's he's real shiny. He's flex- <laughs> yeah, he's shiny. He was flexing, real piece of shit through yeah. and through. And the the reenactment guy was kind of like, ah, maybe I'm using the word too much, but he was sort of like folksy, like typical Christian, like you can oh, never you know, overuse Jesus, folksy. Jesus wants you to. Yeah, and then he like he was Jeez. having sex with like the young girls and like making them burn their clothes in a barrel. A real fucking jerk off. Oh, I forgot about that. Right, like she tries to run away, and then he like makes her get naked and burn her. Stand clothes. in the cold and, until he until she agrees to ha- to be a, his sex slave. The, God damn it! And, and like the sucks. last two months, I've watched so much awful cult shit. I watched that documentary, The Way Down, on HBO Max, and I watched the one on. On Netflix called uh, Keep Sweet, Pray Obey. Do you see that one? No. Some old cult leader had 84 wives and like none of them were un- over the age of 22. And they all like lined oh up at gosh. night to kiss him goodnight and shit. It just all, like I have no patience Ugh. for anything like that. For the people who are in it and can't figure shit out for themselves. Like unless you're physically trapped by, by like threatened by yeah. force. I, I get that. That's a little bit different. To a degree, but like if you're in it and like you're on the outside and you're like, no, you know, Papa has a, a grand vision for all of us. Fuck you too. Tired of fucking religious cults. I was watching, I've been watching that show. It's called Fuck Under the Banner of Heaven. It's got uh, Andrew Garfield and he plays this Mormon detective and there's this like awful murder in the Mormon community. And it's based on a true story. No shit. What is it, it on? It's, it's on Hulu and it's very like straightforward i don't want to say it's like it's kind of dense you know um but like andrew garfield gives such a good performance as this uh mormon detective who is slowly realizing that everything he believes is like bat is like crazy and wrong and you know <laughs> like huh. it, it, it yeah it's it's like while uncovering what happened like it's it's a true story about this young mother and her little baby that were murdered um, and they were part of this Mormon family. And as he like peels back the layers, it, it, it just, <laughs> it fucks up his like faith in, you know, the LDS community and fuck. And they say the term heavenly father so much in that show. Like they call God heavenly father. Is it a new show? Know, so Is it multiple weird. seasons so far? Or what's the, no, it's just a mini series. Cause it's based oh, on this famous. I'll true check it out. Novel. Yeah. Non-committal. I love a good um, mini series. It's pretty dense, but it's really interesting. It's a Hulu show. It's it's pretty dense, but it's really interesting. Like I wouldn't call it like action packed, but like it's it really feels like you're like sitting in on an investigation. Okay, um, for better or worse, I'll and Andrew it. Garfield is fucking great as like this like uh, conflicted, you know, detective Mormon. in the real world, but also like an LDS father. Yeah, it's wild. Cool. Uh, yeah, highly recommend that. Um, but yeah, that all that religious shit. Yeah, religious. Yeah, fuck Nelson DeCloud. Oh yeah, but. Um, I think we probably mentioned in the first episode that we covered him, but uh, he fucking died in jail. He, what was his term? He, he got he, he got two, he got two hundred and twenty years and died after his first twenty years. Ah, uh, what a pussy! Couldn't even make it. <laughs> Couldn't even make it to two twenty. Yeah, <laughs> what a jerk! Piece, um, of, piece yeah, of shit. We're better for it. So that was an update. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go over this wanted case real quick. This is pretty sad. Eleven-year-old. This case sucks. Yeah, Pedro Santiago Jr. is a fifth grader. Um, he lives in Logan Square, which is an area of Chicago. He he had lots of friends. He was a good student. He was a good uh, good at sports, and he had a cool Nerf gun. Yeah, and by the age of eleven, he had a black belt in karate. That is pretty cool. Yeah, he's a cool he kid. Like a nice kid. cool little kid. Um, December nineteen ninety, he comes home from school. He calls his mom. Tells her that he's going to go play with his Nerf gun. He wants to show his friend his gun. As he's walking across the street um, to go play with his friend, um, he is hit by a car. The, the recreation of him getting hit by the car was awful. Like, it was fucking well done, man. It was so well done, but, it, like, you flinch. Because they show, like, a live shot of him in the street with the car coming full, and they flash black. it flashes black. And like he's like side, it, it, it was terrible. Like just watching it tonight, I went, "Oh man, that was well done." Like it made me cringe. Yeah, like in a, in a not good way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like they have like a split second shot of an actual dummy on the hood, or yes, but that, like, that, that's so, what I mean. So like, quick. It, like it went black, and then they showed him sideways. 
on the hood. Yeah, and, and it's so, it's so quick that it doesn't look terrible. Like, but if it was like, no, it looks it great. Was, it just looked, but it's terrible. If it was there for like uh, like one more like half second, it probably would have you would have been able to tell it was a dummy. Yeah, it was it was really well done. It really it, it really uh, put forth the impact of how tragic him getting hit by that car was for sure. So the teenage there's teenagers across the street and they witness the whole thing. So they run up to him. Um, the driver gets out and starts like cursing and like hitting his car. And one of the teenagers goes to call the ambulance. And in the reenactment, the other one is like, make sure this guy stays here. Yeah, don't let him leave. Yeah. And the guy jumps into his car and immediately takes off. Oh, he leaves. Yep. And so basically, they're trying to figure out what happened to uh, poor Pedro and who killed him. So the ambulance takes Pedro to the emergency room. He goes through surgery. And then he hangs on for about 10 days and he dies. Um, and then they had the funeral for him the day after Christmas in uh, 1990. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, his parents were like alerted um, and just got like a second to like comfort him before they took him into surgery. Super fucking sad. Yeah, they did like they were wheeling him by into the into the room and they allowed the family members to give him a quick kiss before he went in. Yeah. I mean, even the recreation, it, it was like a well-done segment, like I said, almost repeatedly, but it was well done, but ter- terribly, terribly done in that way, you know? Yeah, even the kid was pretty good um, in the, like, one scene where he's actually, like, talking to his mom on the phone. So, because um, of the, uh, because Pedro passed away, um, this is up from a hit-and-run ac- incident to uh, man- manslaughter, so cops are looking for this guy. It turns out that they think that the person who hit Pedro might be a Cuban immigrant known as Chachimba. 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 That's the way. That, yeah, Chachimba. Um, and police aren't able to find him. So Pedro Sr., Pedro's dad, looks around certain bars and asks people if they know anything about this guy. And somebody actually does tell him that he left around Christmas. He, this guy was his friend and he, that he'd given him $100 because he said the cops were after him. So he gave him a hundred dollars to leave town, and the guy did it. Yeah, I, I like in the reenactment. It, um, it reminds me of a West Side Story when they're like, "He said he was going to yeah. Nueva York." Nueva York. I love. He that. went into like that tiny, you know, coffee shop, real, real dark, sat at the table, and he's like, "I'm looking for a man." He might be in Florida or in Nueva York. There you go. And um, yeah, fuck this guy for giving this dude money. It's yeah, like, and there's no update on him, as far as I know. Right? They. Nothing happened. Nothing came to it. This happened fucking 32 years ago. Yeah, he's never been located, and the police still never charged him with anything. They just wanted to question him. They wanted to question him. him. Yeah, he said he wasn't wanted for anything. They just wanted to give him, ask him a few questions. Like, why'd you hit that kid? Yeah, and why did you leave? And why'd you leave? Yeah. Some more info they're able to find out. His name is uh, Gerardo Gonzalez. He's 5'8, 160. This is obviously 1993. Um, and he might be living in Nueva York, Florida, Michigan, Michigan, or Illinois. And um, where it happened. Yeah, that's all they know. Um, there's no photographs of him, and that's about it. Yeah, it's just a really sad story about this poor kid, Pedro. I mean, listen, I'm, we don't know too much about the case otherwise, but like it probably was a fucking accident. Maybe the guy was speeding. According to the recreation, the kid walked out in between two cars. It could be an accident, but don't fucking leave. Yeah. I mean, I understand that if he gets, you know, the cops come and maybe he's illegal or something's up with him. He has yeah. a warrant, you know, whatever the case may be. And then he's, you know, then he gets fucked. So I get the fear, but you fucking hit a kid, man. You got to fucking just stay there. But we've never been in that situation. I'm sure it's awful and. He must be found. Justice must happen. So this last case in this episode is also kind of a weird one. It's about this tornado in 1947. I mean, we're going back. It's a very strange case because it's like the last note I wrote for this was no way this case gets solved <laughs> because it's just it's yeah. so old. The photos are even in the fucking, 90s, right? <laughs> like, the, the, like the photos in it are all from the 40s, like. What the hell am I getting done in 2022, you know, eating a burrito watching the show? Am I really going to solve this case? Yeah, with my future um, AirPods and my uh, yeah. wireless telephone. <laughs> my dog is born 80 years after the tornado hit. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, even in the 90s, probably no luck. So in uh, April 9th, 1947, there's this town called Woodard, Oklahoma, and they were cut off. This is so terrible. They're cut off from the outside world, so they don't have any telephone connection because there's a telephone operator strike. Well, that's what you get. So they all literally could have gotten out of Dodge. Now they look stupid. If they paid their telephone operators enough. I wonder how they felt after it happened. Shit. We could have done something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. They Seriously, it's like, oh, Fucking maybe our heads. extra one or extra two cents an hour wasn't really. Oh, especially uh, back then. Yeah. All the death. 80 cents a week. And all the destruction. So the tornado forms nearby, but there's nobody to tell them or let them know. Um, so they had over 100 killed. As darkness fell, it slammed into the town, Ooh. reducing it to rubble. That's the stack quote. <laughs> um, like you said, a thousand people injured, 100 killed in minutes. Um, and then what's the cool thing about this segment to me is all the, um, all the folks talking about it, like, like remembering it. Yeah. And, they had you know, a lot of people, how, you know, obviously much older mm-hmm. and this was 30 years ago yeah. when this was filmed, but a lot of people older talking about that tornado back in the day. That was kind of cool. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. Um, the missing person we're talking about in this case is Joan Gr- Gay Croft. She was a survivor. She was four years old, um, and she's still missing to this day, of course. Um, she was Definitely part of Woodward's. Today. Yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> even if she did survive and had a great life. So Joan Gay was a four-year-old, and she uh, was part of um, a prominent family in the town. Her father was named Olin, and he was a successful sheep. He was a successful sheep rancher. His name was and, what? Uh, Olin. O l i n. Oh, okay. Cool name. Uh, yeah, so he had a nice sheep ranch. So he had a pretty – his family was pretty well <laughs> he off. He had a nice sheep ranch. Yeah, that's what it says. No, Prominent right. sheep ranch. Successful uh, sheep rancher. A nice ramp, ranch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like it was like leather clad. kind of had a boutique vibe. Uh, had a gift shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, his wife, Cleta, raised Joan Gay and 12-year-old Jerry, and um, who was Olin's daughter from a previous marriage. Cleta. Yeah, Cleta. Can I you guess. imagine finding a Cleta really sexy? Oh, Cleta. Oh. <laughs> oh, I really want to fuck Cleta. I mean, that's right up there with Helen and <laughs> Cleta's got the most beautiful smile. I think Gertrude is a pretty heinous name too. Gertrude. Maud. Maud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, Aunt Ruth, who's a pretty big part of the story, she's actually still around. Yeah, she's like a pro- the she's the prominent interviewee. Mm-hmm. She's Joan Gay's uh, aunt. Great, and aunt. she recalls she. Oh yeah, that's true. She recalls she recalls the sky turning dark, and the tornado. Um, like she she describes how it just like it seemed like it happened forever, but it was only a couple minutes. So uh, the night after the tornado, Ruth and her daughter Marvella um, go to the town's only hospital to see if uh, they can find their relatives. Um, there was hundreds of people laying all around the place wounded and, you know, hurt and being taken care of. Um, after talking to a nurse, Ruth learns that Cleta died in the, uh, in the tornado and that Olin was also seriously injured and that, um, Joan Gay and Jerry were in the basements, um, safe. So they weren't seriously injured. Joan Gay apparently had a pierced a piece of wood the size of a pencil pierced right through her knee, which seems like that would fuck you up pretty bad. And Jerry just four had years some cuts old. Like, I mean, I remember getting a splinter when I was a kid in my fucking thumb and yelling and yeah. complaining to my parents. Can you imagine you had like a pencil through your leg? Oh my god, through your knee too. That would fuck your shit up. And you knew somebody named Olin and Cleta. That's that's who your that's parents double were? pain. Yeah, I'd be terrified. Yeah. I the one thing I noticed though specifically during this segment was that the acting was like especially bad. And this one, like the little girl, she's like, "I want my mommy and daddy," and like, yeah, a couple people said some weird shit, and it just, I mean, it like visually it was cool. They had destru- they had destruction, like all the like the props and everything was was well mm-hmm. done. But I just feel like the acting was. Subpar. Yeah, the 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 southern accents um, left a lot to be desired compared to unsolved mysteries. Yeah, compared to other unsolved <laughs> mysteries, 
you know, it wasn't it wasn't all bad, you know, like especially I know this is an older show, but it wasn't all bad. Like we said, we just complimented how quote unquote good yeah, the pa- hit and run the looked. Pedro. Yeah. Yeah. The Pedro one was fully was produced really well, well done. Uh but what we've learned when we talked to um that guy who was in the episode is that it's kind of just like they get like a local crew to just so it's yeah. kind of like it's all local. It's kind shit. of like a little anthology. <laughs> yeah. Um. Speaking of, um, that guy is uh, touring with Dan again. Dan's back on Kevin Hart and, uh, um, fuck, I forget his name because it's like initials. What's his name? The actor, the guy who was in our episode, whatever. Uh, TL. Fuck. <laughs> oh yeah, he played who? He played like the gunman in some episode. Yeah, he played the that army guy who like walked into the apartment and like murdered yes um, wife and stuff yes Um, but anyway he's the video guy on kevin hart with dan so dan's uh, we might have him on the podcast that is very funny (laughs) he he said i forgot all about that guy did you did you have him on the episode that he was on yeah okay that's cool i remember listening to it i just forget the context but yeah that's yeah that was just yeah that's pretty cool that's that's the biggest uh, unsolved mystery celebrity that we've had maybe we can get the girl that played Joan Gaycroft. Yeah, I want my mommy and daddy. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, like we said, basically they find out that Joan Gay and Jerry are okay, but with little scratches. So Aunt Ruth and um, uh, Aunt Ruth finds her mother and her brother, and they actually go to another hospital where Ruth begins helping everyone else that's wounded because she was okay. So in the morning, she returns um, to the basement. And Jerry's there, the other little girl, and she tells them um, that two men in the night took Joan Gay away. And the nurse confirms this, um, saying they were taking her to a hospital in Oklahoma City, which was about 120 miles away. Yeah. And when they called those hospitals, there was no, uh, you know, no, no, nobody had seen her or nobody knew what, yeah, no sign of her. The wiki had a little more details than the episode gave us, I think, because I watched the episode a couple times today. Okay. And they say there was three three other girls, ages 12, 4, and 8 months. So I'm assuming 12 years, 4 years, and one was 8 months. Okay. And they were all killed in the tornado and never identified. Um, so – and what we see in the reenactment is uh, Ruth is asked to bring some clothes um, and be- and examine the bodies to see if one of them is Joan Gay. Yeah, and they had like 100 caskets by the front door. She couldn't even get in. Ah, oh, yeah. So fucked up. And one of them um, who was around four looked like Joan Gay because, you know, they're all little white blonde kids. It's the 40s. And – yeah. Um, but after viewing the body, it definitely wasn't Joan Gay. And, and the, even in the reenactment, the guy says, um, oh, no, like, these clothes are too big. Like, this girl's smaller than that. Yeah, even Ruth so, was like a little too – she was a little too happy about – she goes, oh, thank God it wasn't her. You know, she was a little too happy about – yeah. Dude, I was thinking the same thing. She was I was like, like yes. Lady, lady, you just saw the corpse of a four-year-old girl. Like, Don't cheer. Yeah, I know. Jesus Christ. Um, Bitch. So the un fucking Aunt Ruth. <laughs> Piece of shit. So those unknown victims are buried at the Woodward Cemetery. And um they say it's possible that they were from another town like hundreds of miles away that was also hit by the tornado. And those bodies were just picked up in a funnel Oof. and maybe dropped there. Isn't that Launched. fucking crazy to think about? It's kind of cool actually. They were just like part of the tornado for like a hundred miles? Well, every time we see a tornado, whether it be in the person fuck? or like, you know, depicted on TV, it's always just like a, a swirling cloud. No, I live in New York. I don't get too much of that. I was going to say, no. I was like, have you seen a tornado in person? No. We don't I get haven't. tornadoes here. Or yeah, we don't either because of the uh, the mountains. Uh, we're kind of surrounded by mountains, so that kind of helps us but, out. But anytime you see a tornado depicted in TV or whatever, it's always like, obviously the funnel and there's always shit around it. So, I mean, like, instead of it being a cow or a piece of wood or a house, can it be bodies? Of course. Wow, yeah. We've all seen the um, the great American film Twister. Yeah. I went on a Twister ride in Universal. Dude, I love – I honestly love that movie. It's not perfect, but there's, like, this genre of, like, 90s, like, groups That's of like people. That's, like, peak Bill Paxton. 
Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, what's another movie where it's just like a group of people in the 90s, like doing shit, getting shit done? Maybe a backdraft sort of like Getting that. shit done. Backdraft's a good fucking movie. Yeah, backdraft, twister. But no, there's just like a community of these like adults that have like a, a goal. I don't know. I, <laughs> they're doing things. There's a movie I'm thinking about with, where, but with a bunch of people on a boat. Um, did you know that Bill Paxton's soon to be wife? I think she's the wife and not Helen Hunt, but the other one. Yeah. She's like the sex. She's the sex phone operator in Seinfeld. Oh, (laughs) she's the one that at the very end and she, and she says, don't call me to Jerry. And then she whispers in Kramer's ear. You either. And does like a tongue on her lips. Like, yeah. Uh, where were we? Yeah. I'm filling in for two uh, other chaps who are unable to record tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, Eli will hopefully be joining us um, sooner than later. He's been very busy, and hopefully he's going to get this cool new job where he has time to shoot the shit with us. And Dan is on tour with Kevin Hart. But we're all still like, there's no feuds. There's no bad beef. Uh, We've just been busy boys. (laughs) Everybody's fighting. This is a big, dramatic situation, and it can't be resolved. So... It's feud. Uh, Ryan Murphy is making a series. It's going to be on FX. It's going to be called the stack. It's going to be called feud parentheses, the stack pack. Um, yeah. yeah. And we're all going to be played by different. Uh, I'm going to be played by. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be played by Arsenio Hall. Oh, okay. Wow. That's going to be tough for him. He really reached out for that part. I, I really want to cast. I really want to cast us. Uh, Andy Samberg as Dan. <laughs> okay. Wait, which Dan? Um, as as Your Dan? Uh, Rodan. Rodan. Um, okay. Yeah. Um and I will be played by uh fucking Sally Field. Oh, that's good. Sally Field. Not bad, yeah. I like that. As the host. Um and of course Sally Field and Andy Samberg are in a an intense romantic relationship. And obviously <laughs> Eli will be played by Warwick Davis. <laughs> I mean, this is some cast. That's funny. I was see. I like your thinking. Your thinking is way more outside of the box. I was like thinking of like a bearded chubby fellow for me. And no, I'm Sally trying to be Fields inclusive. And, everyone's and, everyone's in. And I was thinking about maybe so like uh, you know like uh, someone who's like Hispanic to play Eli, but no Warwick Davis. No British. Um, we're all everyone's people. We're all people. <laughs> we're we can all, all be who we want to be. That's what acting is. Ah, oh, that is. It's and, and you have it's, to step outside of beautiful. your comfort zone. Yeah. And oh, it's gonna be, be, it's gonna be dramatic. It's gonna be about three hours long. Um, and you'll be played by Arsenio Hall. I don't know. I feel like Wesley Snipes has more. Of yeah, a, but they're gonna age him backwards. It's gonna be Arsenio Hall, but aged back seventeen years. I feel like Wesley Snipes has more of a uh, Dan Derwin snark to him. Like a, we don't have that kind of money. Okay, Arsenio. All right. See, I'm already thinking ahead. Budgetary uh, concerns. Yeah, th- this is this is good stuff. Uh, I did see Arsenio guest hosting Kimmel um, a while ago, and uh, he was pretty funny, man. Uh, I forget that he did have that sitcom. Um, no, he did. He have a, he had a talk well, show. He had a show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for years. Um, yeah, he looks great, man. He is older, for sure. He's like in his 60s, for sure. And he, I think. Here, here's he a tidbit. Um, Whoopi Goldberg and company are watching the Arsenio Hall show in the movie Ghost when Sam Wheat shows up. That's all. There's not um, much more to it. I love Ghost. Uh, actually, you know, I haven't seen that movie in a while. It's not scary it's a real at all. Tear huh? jerker. It, it's more like a. Yeah, there's no. Is there a scary moment in Ghost, or is it just kind of like a drama? No, it's but there's a, a really drama, cool right? moment. There's a really cool moment. Um, I don't know how he did it, but the way Willie runs down the stairs when he's trying to run away from Sam, he kind of just like slides down the stairs without moving his legs. It's an actually really. It, Actually, it's like a cool it's awesome. Like the way, almost as cool as the way Tom Hanks goes down the stairs at the end of Burbs. Remember when his pants were all burnt up? He doesn't move his feet either. He just goes down the stairs in like the greatest, like not moving my legs way. Um, I saw Burbs for the first time during the quarantine. And I wow. was like, yeah. And, and you know, me as like a movie nerd, I was like, what a gym. Like Tom Hanks. That's a great fucking movie. And his wife, Carrie Fisher. And there's like something creepy going on in the neighborhood, but it's Bruce funny. Dern, Corey Feldman, yeah, Corey Feldman, yeah, Bruce Dern, right? Bruce Dern, yeah, Bruce Dern. And who else? I I I know there's another old guy. I kept getting 
the two uh, older guys brother, mixed up. Uh, brother Theodore. Dude, what a fun movie. I never remember the ending of that movie. The house blows up. Uh, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't uh, watched uh, The Burbs since 1988. But the house blows up. Oh, uh, okay. The ginger dude, remember? He gets tackled on the lawn. Then he tries the, to steal oh, okay. the ambulance. Yeah. That's the guy. That's the kid who, from Children of the Corn, right? Malachi. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah, that's one of the movies. That's a movie definitely where the uh, uh, the journey is far more entertaining than the conclusion. Like the <laughs> Sure. But that's not really saying anything bad about that movie. Um, the vibe of the movie, you know they're not going to like actually just kill and murder people with a chainsaw. <laughs> it's just not that kind of flick. But um, Tom Cruise and Carrie Fisher as a married couple was just Tom delightful. Tom Hanks. Yes, Tom Hanks. Oh, my God. So much. Tom Cruise and Nicole so Kidman much, are a different conversation. So much better, dude. Ugh. I don't hate Tom Cruise, but I don't know. I just his movies aren't my favorite. Um, except for I do I do like Eyes Wide Shut though. <laughs> That's probably my favorite Tom Cruise movie. That one or um, and everyone calls it a Kubrick movie. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. That's a Tom Cruise right? joint. <laughs> joint. Uh, That's a Kubrick joint. That one in Risky Business. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I really don't like Tom Cruise that much. Um, shit. I there, apparently there's some like other shit about Joan Croft that we haven't talked about yet. Um, Ooh. <laughs> um, Do tell. Okay. Yeah. Just a little bit more about her possible uh, kidnappers. They were white Caucasian men, like everyone in the 1940s in the middle of America. Yes. And they're all and white. Apparently, they had asked the nurse specifically for the Croft children. Yes. Apparently, over the years, several women contacted the authorities thinking that they might be Joan Gay, but none of them turned out to be her. Two Caucasian males in khakis. Like, that's so fucking bad. Of course. Um, they've never been identified, and um, a, a lot of people think they might have just taken the girl to set up a uh, uh, ransom because Olin was so rich. They might not have known that oh. Olin was like... And Fair also, it's, isn't it weird that they don't talk about, like, Olin or, like, they said he was seriously injured, but they don't talk about if he survived or if he gave a shit that his daughter yeah. was missing. Yeah, how come he's not the one talking about his kids? Why is it fucking Ruth? Or, I mean, even if he passed away, which is probably what happened, they could have, like, you know, at least <laughs> mentioned that. They just say, yeah, why Olin did he, was- yeah, well, yeah, why did he pass away, but great Aunt Ruth is still around for this interview? Bullshit. Something's up. I think she might have killed Olin. <laughs> That's my that's my uh, working theory. If anybody has any uh, tips, just uh, send me a message. I mean, we, we might as well throw everything at the wall because, like, honestly, like we have time. This ain't, ain't going to get fucking solved. <laughs> we like I said, time. my last note says no way this case is solved. Period. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, actually, um, in the extra notes, it did say that um. One of the family members recently re-entered their uh, DNA, so maybe. Oh shit, I mean, that's cool. Um, fuck, what's the name? Marvella, who was um, Ruth's uh, daughter. So Marvella said that she apparently wrote, wrote Marvella resubmitted her DNA to CODIS. So that's Joan Gaycroft's regular aunt. Oh yeah, I guess that's true, right? Because Ruth was been the great aunt. So Correct. Marvella's still around, and if if she did survive and had ce- uh, celebrity uh, had survived, <laughs> and if she, if she did survive and had uh, relatives, hey, I mean, might get an answer. It's not like she's going to be reunited with anyone. But fuck, <laughs> no, I want an update about this. It also says Olin uh, passed away in 1986, so that means he couldn't he do the interview. Before. Okay, so that makes sense. He probably would have been part of it. If he was uh, still something alive. tells me he didn't give a shit though. I'm just going to assume that he didn't care and it was all Ruth. Yeah, I mean they could have. If least... he just paid that ransom, he'd have his kid back. <laughs> but nothing ever happened with the ransom. Maybe they just raised this girl uh, on their own and just and she didn't watch uh, NBC on Tuesday nights <laughs> or the Lifetime reruns. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. But what a, I don't know. Um, next week, there's some cool shit. There's a cool con man, and there's like an alien sighting. And I feel like we'll have more fun next week. But next week's episode is definitely better than this one. We managed to have some giggles. And um, yeah, it's nice to be back. I think the last episode was when? Shit. 
I, I have it here in my notes that we recorded it in October. So that's almost a, not a year, but it's close. When you hung out with us in New York, you were talking about how at the end of the recording, you were like, just named off a bunch of uh, holidays. Cause I was like, oh, I don't know when to yeah. put this out. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we recorded the last episode. I'm not, I don't mean to throw Dave under the bus here cause he works and he does a, uh, does a great job with this podcast for sure. But um, we recorded <laughs> it right before Halloween and yep. at the end, I said, happy Halloween, everybody. And he goes, well, it might not be out in time. So I said, all right, happy Halloween, uh, happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, and happy <laughs> New Year. And then I think the episode ended up coming out after the New Year, and Dave cut out everything I said and just left, happy New Year. It's like, so uh, happy New Year. It fit very nice, but <laughs> I do have the original notes here in my book, and it was recorded on 10-26-21. So it's been Damn, a while, and it's good to be back. So we, so we literally haven't released an episode since February, but um, yeah. So we're starting. We're starting the summer. Um, for now, I'll promise you guys every two weeks. Hopefully, we'll get back to every week, but uh, just to uh, um, mediate uh, expectations. Just to- and unfortunately, I'll be <laughs> popping on often to uh, help fill in when uh, the boys aren't around. So yes, we're, it might be a lot of uh, me and Dan Derwin for a while. Um, Actually, Dan was going to join us for a little bit uh, just to discuss one of the cases, but um, he worked a little late. So uh, we might have Eli and Dan jumping in every now and then um, for little segments. But yeah, um, Dan's on tour and uh, poor Eli, he works so hard and he's got, you know, he's got four kids and uh, awesome wife and stuff. So when he has his, (laughs) I was messaging him the other day, he was explaining to me his day off and he was, it was a picture of him shirtless uh drinking an iced coffee and that was um july 5th morning and then he told me he just had some pizza and that he was going to go see Gru with the kids um so he takes his pretty his days off pretty hard um he was he was gonna have some whiskey during the movie and watch the new minions flick <laughs> there you so go he, he, he's, he's doing great man. but of course yeah, yeah we just we we need to Good uh, for him. yeah and his family but yeah so he's doing great and uh Dan's doing good. He's just uh, working. But, yeah, it's good to be back, and we are back. And uh, thanks for everyone who's reached out and been like, uh, you guys coming back? We miss you. Uh, that's nice. Some people on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. And, I, even, um, I even have people on my end who are fans of the show uh, since I turned them on to it. And they're ask- they were asking me uh, last month, two of them said, when's the next episode? Come on. And I said, oh, you know, they're know what th- they know what they're doing. They'll get back to me and, you know, they'll get back to it. So here we are. Well, yeah, honestly, yeah, I started working in October. That's when we did the last episode. And then I started making music too this past year. Um, so it's been a lot, it's been a lot of things. So, but yeah, life, if you want to check life out, life happens. Yeah. If you want to go on Spotify and check out uh, my band, Special Edition, um, it's kind of like, Ooh. A, yeah, nice little plug. It's kind of indie, uh, new wave. Ooh, plug, it's plug time. Yeah, why not? Uh, it's kind of indie, new wave inspired. Uh, a lot of the lyrics are kind of inspired by horror movies and uh, true crime stories. A song I'm going to release um, in the next couple of weeks, I'm actually going to do a full episode because the song is about the boys on the tracks. The lyrics are about uh, Kevin, uh, Don Henry and Kevin Ives, you know, the boys on the tracks from season one. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think when I release that single, we'll do a little special stack pack and I'll have uh, Mondo, the other guys in the band and maybe you, and we can talk about the boys on the tracks. Yeah. Um, that'd be great. I fucking, I love that. Ca- I mean, you know what I mean? Love that case. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of the cases that always sticks with me. It's a very intriguing case in general, but also throw in the fact that it's got that season one crustiness old. Yeah. That sheen. original Robert Stack. <laughs> Deep, like or like anti sheen, yeah, What's the like the opposite of sheen, unsheen. It's got <laughs> that, that grain. deep, yeah, the, the deep Robert Stack voice. Like it's got like that that old feel. I yeah, know what you mean. yeah, exactly. It's great. Um, there was actually this weird video of some old WWF wrestler, and he was talking about how he witnessed these kids get killed in the woods. It's so fucking weird. I'm surprised I didn't post that on the on the Instagram. Yeah, offhand, I remember. I remember. I remember there being something about some military dude walking around with a gun and it was basically just a case of uh these two kids witnessing a drug deal like a of epic proportions not like you know someone buying a dime bag but like a real maybe drugs being delivered and they took these kids out i mean we could talk about it at length down the road but 
Um, yeah, yeah. I, I want to do like a deep dive and uh, on that one again because yeah, there's a bunch of new stuff we knew, uh, we've learned, and I think there's other podcasts and other shows that have covered it. Covered it. Yeah, that's one of those cases that's always that always sticks with me. But yeah, we'll be cool. back. Um, we'll be back as soon as we can uh, in the next couple of weeks, and we will be back with season uh, season six, episode two. Um, welcome to some- season six, everybody. Season six. Yes, welcome to fall 1993, I should say. It's so yes. weird. I'm like, I feel like we've been in 93 for so long, but it took us so long to get through season five, so that's why. <laughs> season five took a little bit, and then obviously the gap between the end of five and six is a, it was a while, but here we are. The Stack Pack on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook page as well. Yeah, if anybody knows what happened to Joan Gay Croft, call 1-800-876-5353. I don't know if they're still answering their phone anymore. I don't know. Somebody should call. That's your assignment between episode one of season six and episode two. Give that number a call. Um, Find out whether or not Miami Vice is streaming. And your last assignment is what happened to Joan Gaycroft. Yeah. If you can answer all those questions for us, uh, get back to us. You can listen to episode two. (laughs) Yeah, you could keep listening. Um, if not, uh, yeah, the podcast. But in is all free. seriousness, uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on, buddy. It's good to be oh, back. Of course, um, thanks for hanging out and uh, being a part of the Stack Pack. And um, yeah, to all you two, uh, we missed you, and um, we are not done talking about Robert Stack and this '90s deliciousness. Um, Thank God. We pretty, we pretty much have uh, most of the '90s to get through still, so. Season six, seven, eight, nine. So there's twelve seasons, though, right? There's yeah, we're halfway there. Wow. And I think the later seasons are a little shorter, though, right? Not not that good, but here we are. Yeah, we'll do it, and um, we're gonna get more into the '90s, and uh, it's gonna be great. Uh, but anyway, thanks for listening, um, and uh, have a good night. Um, wait, did I already say it? For every mystery, there is someone somewhere who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone is listening, and perhaps that someone is you. Good night. Good night. Later.